Well, hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. I told them I'm wired up like I... EKG leads in the hospital, and I'm trying to... Is it on? It says low battery. Is that a bad omen to start? It says low battery. I, I can raise my voice a little bit at first here. Yeah, it's low battery. I'll go tell them downstairs. They'll come That's up okay. I, I'm, used, I'm used to yelling. You're, yeah, you're loud. Okay. Okay. Well, welcome, everyone. Uh, my name is Tom McKechnie, so I hope you're in the right session. Um, sometimes you kind of walk in and go, oops, this is the wrong one. What we're going to do today is talk about uh, sustainable health care, uh, specifically um, taking off on Empower's dental modules, but start to work with medical modules. And uh, we'll go, kind of walk through that. Uh, how many was it were able to hear King's Pride last night? Fantastic speaker. I've had an opportunity to sit with him, and he is uh, he's a very powerful man. And I think his message of uh, uh, empowering discipleship and using healthcare to reach the unreached is uh, uh, is the key to our uh, reaching the unreached. So uh, we'll talk about uh, our model and also uh, some of the uh, pictures I've shown about mission work we've done. So could we please open in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you that we're able to attend such a beautiful conference. Um, You brought all these people together, Lord. Uh, I just ask, Lord, that that I diminish and the Holy Spirit rise up and uh, give me words that will encourage and inspire uh, to go and work for your kingdom. I ask this in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. Uh, speaking of, of King uh, and his uh, call to use health care, I am... Hello, hello? Can you hear that better? Uh, my name is Tom McKechnie. I've been a practicing emergency medicine physician for the last 25 years. And uh, I have had the opportunity... I'm a, also an assistant clinical professor uh, in the emergency department at the university. And I had the opportunity last year to speak to the residents, and the director of the department said, uh, well, what would you like to talk about this year? And I said, well, how about missions? And his mouth dropped, and he goes, really? And I said, yes, no one's ever done that before. So uh, he goes, okay, uh, we'll do it for the first time. So when I walked in the room to begin my talk on missions to these young ER residents, he left the room. And I think it was so that he could deny anything I said, and he he wouldn't be thrown under the bus. (laughs) But he was gracious enough to let me talk to him, and I really felt that uh, the message to these young ER residents uh, was that we've been given a gift. And anybody in medicine, nursing, uh, nurse practitioners, uh, we know there's a long line of people who try and get into these residencies, and many are left out. So it is no coincidence that the Lord chose you to give this gift to, and as King said, uh, it gives you instant access. I had the opportunity to go to dinner with... Uh, uh, they call him special missions uh, missionary where he goes to the far depths of the world in the darkness. And he said his biggest problem is access. He's a businessman and goes in and tries to start businesses. But he said medicine gives you instant access and instant credibility. So King was right on target when he said that we have to use this gift. Now, your gift may be uh, not necessarily medicine, but uh, loving. 
And I, I really, the makeup of my teams are usually, I think all medical teams and dental teams are boring. And I really like to have at least half that are, uh, that are more uh, about loving and sharing Christ. Uh, they give me energy. Uh, and that is the main point of this, is not to do the modules, not to be about empower, not about to be life in abundance, but it's, it's to share the love of Christ. And I really think uh, that's critical. Uh, you know, in America, uh, my, one of my favorite scriptures is Revelations 3.20. When uh, Christ says, I stand at the door and knock, if anyone should hear my voice. Well, in America, you know, we uh, peek through the hole and go, oh my gosh, Jesus is at the door. Now what am I going to do? Oh, I'm too young. Oh, no, I can't go now. I'm too old. Oh, I've got the mortgage. Wait till the kids grow up. Then I'll trust God to take over. Uh, So we have all these excuses as to why we will not hear God. And uh, my, my mantra when I do these mission trips is, if you don't hear the call, someone else will. Uh, if I don't go, someone else will. So when you look back out the door, Christ won't be there, but the enemy will be there telling you you should just stay. Uh, and you have to hear the call and have courage to go. I'd like to tell you a story about, uh, we'll show pictures of our Sudan clinic. And uh, to emphasize this, there was a gentleman named uh, Walt Ratterman who did solar projects all over the world. And one of, the, uh, one of my co-leaders happened to see Beyond the Call, which was a story about his, uh, his work in, in providing solar power to the unreached. So after a phone call, we, um, we spoke, and he decided to come to Southeast and give a, a demonstration and uh, a lecture on solar energy. At that time, I asked him to come to our house, and I, wanted to, I told him uh, that I really would like to provide solar power in Sudan because of the war in the north and the south. We wanted to be independent of the north and not have oil an issue. So we drew the compound out by memory, and he drew out plans. He said, this is doable, we'll do it. Um, shortly after that, uh, I was in Haiti, right after the earthquake, and um, I found out the Walt had been killed and crushed in a uh, in Hotel Montana. So at that point, I said, uh, you know, gosh, does this mean the end of the solar? You want to switch? Fresh batteries. Uh, yeah. well, great. You want to turn it off while you put it on, or you want to... Hello, hello. Okay. I think we're good now. Can you all hear me? Okay, so uh, I thought, well, here we go. One of the most uh, influential solar uh, experts in the world has just been killed in Hotel Montana. Does that end it? So we called the SUNEP, and they said, uh, I said, who is taking over the the ministry of Walt? And they said, well, we hadn't thought about it, but uh, there is someone who's going to take over for him. I said, well, good. Can I talk to him on the phone? So, long story short, everything falls together, and Walt had been discipling someone to take over his mission. So, not only uh, did God uh, choose someone else, Walt was uh, prophetic in that he had a, uh, a uh, Joshua, so to speak, to take over his ministry. Same thing happened in Sudan. Uh, when we had a gentleman, we needed surveyed the property very quickly so that we could start our our ministry, and he came, flew in from Kenya, did all the surveying, went home, and he died of a heart attack. Once again, uh, Dr. Florence, with life in abundance, uh, was, was devastated, as were all of us. Someone else picked up the torch, and, and uh, the survey got done. So, uh, truly, if, if God calls you and you don't go, someone else will. Uh, so, we need to be courageous, and uh, when, he, when you hear this call, you need to go. So, what does short-term missions look like when God calls you? Well, we need to diminish our role 
with partners, uh, and I think that uh, just is is the same as we're talking about here with with people. That uh, uh, if one thing Walt Ratterman taught me, mission work and God, they, he does not need me. Uh, he will get his his will done regardless of who's in charge, and uh, we're just blessed to be part of it. So we need to diminish our role. Uh, we need to empower and break the cycle of dependency. And as King said last night, follow Christ's model to disciple and empower. He gives us the model. He chose 12 ordinary men to carry on his ministry. He empowered them and uh, the rest we know. So critical that we break this cycle of dependency. Now Steve Saint, uh, who I'm sure many of you have heard speak, uh, has, a, has a study on missions. And he basically describes and interviews... Uh, pastors who we witness to on the mission field. It's a very painful thing to watch. Uh, it's the dilemma of missions. And what we found is that the ministers say, too many times we bring our culture and we don't bring Christ. Too many times we go to fix, but don't go with humility. So they want us to bring grace. They want us to bring Jesus, but not our culture. And uh, the other thing that was... Uh, that spoke to me in this interview with pastors, he said, you know, when you come from a large, powerful country like America and you sit in on these uh, discussions about the future of their ministry and the Americans start to speak, everyone else stops speaking. And that's a big mistake because we can learn so much from, uh, from our pastors and uh, those who have been there for years instead of us going to fix after being there a week. They don't want to hear that anymore. So we need to empower with dignity. So, how many have been on medical missions before? How many have seen lines like this? Now, this would scare most physicians who sit in their offices, but ER doctors who are predominantly have ADD, we, this is just a typical day. We look out in the lobby, and there you go. We can't sit still. We don't have a desk to sit at, so we just uh, giddy up. Here we go. Uh, so, can uh, when you see massive lines like this, uh, can they be beneficial? And the answer is yes, they can. If your philosophy is correct, when you see these massive uh, groups here and your philosophy is just to continually go and do and leave nothing behind, that is wrong and that is a mistake. Uh, When we see lines like this, Life in Abundance, uh, who I work with, and also Haitian Christian Outreach, who use the CHE model, Community Health Evangelism, they sometimes are in these areas six months to a year before we come in, empowering the pastors, and by the large medical clinics, we provide... uh, or we gain information. The first is we empower the pastors. We, env- uh, we empower the community. We empower the church. So we, we raise awareness. A lot of these people walk miles, sometimes days to get there, and they, for the first time, are aware of their pastor and their community. So that is a critical value uh, to us when we do long-term missions. Not going and doing, but have a plan in mind. The second thing I gain from these trips is I have our medical team, and I'm able to see what the major... Uh, problems are in the area. Is it respiratory illness? Is it burns? Is it wounds? Uh, so I'm able to, uh, to gain a lot from that. So when I come in for a second time and, and establish uh, our long-term goal of a clinic, self-sustaining, and we pull out, this is helpful to me, although it's, uh, it's hard work. Um, what we have to do, though, is be, be careful not to go in and fix. I had an opportunity to go into Haiti, uh, and the pastor there was so gracious uh, we had one of the physicians, you know, and doctors, we all have our pride and ego. We can't let that go. Uh, 
he walked in and after one week, or actually it was less than a week, it was a couple of days in Haiti, he took the pastor aside and here's what you need to fix this situation. So he went on to tell him, this pastor who had been there 27 years, dedicated his life to this, to this ministry in Haiti. So when he was finished, I said, do you realize how arrogant you sounded? And he said, well, no, I was giving him my impression. I said, did you ever think to ask him what he needed? Uh, so after that, that evening, during our devotion time, I asked him what he felt were the priority needs of an area, and he eloquently gave this wonderful uh, list of things that he felt would help the community. And who better to know that than the pastor that had spent his life doing it? So uh, shame on us with our ego and pride when we go in. It's hard. We're wired that way. Americans fix things. Uh, so I, I really believe that uh, we have to come in humility. So now, how do we share the story of Christ? When we have long lines like this, uh, my brother, Dr. Steve, a pediatrician in Kenya, we day after day have long lines. Many of uh, the people in this room were on that trip. And it's a very difficult uh, uh, way to end clinics. Many times when we walked out, there were still that many people to see. But I looked out there and I saw who ministering to these people, and that was the bottom line. It wasn't about the medicines about to run out. It wasn't about the moxicillin I gave to a cold. It was about the pastor's being raised up in the community, witnessing to people and telling them about Christ. So what we do, uh, that's a tremendous value if the long-term plan is to form a clinic to where uh, this will be sustainable. So a lot of times when I get to the end of this, I, uh, I'll, I'll, ask, well, uh, I'll ask our team to get together. Maybe we can give them all vitamins. So we've done that before, and that, that helps a little bit. Sometimes I'll walk through the crowd and make sure I pick out the sickest of the sick. Uh, Karen, my wife, uh, who's sitting there, has no medical background at all, but being a mother, who are the number one caregivers in the world, the mothers of the world, she's able to pick people out who are sick. Well, we were in Sudan uh, one time, and I told her I was going to tell this story. We were in Sudan, and uh, I said, Karen, go out there. There's hundreds to see. Uh, Pick me out the sickest of the sick. So she uh, brings this little guy to me, and... She said, something's wrong with his cheeks. I don't know what's wrong with him. And she uh, single-handedly picked out the healthiest baby in the line. <laughs> I said, I thank you so much. It's been a long day. And we sat and we played for about two or three minutes. So, so uh, although she is good 99% of the time, everyone out there was very drawn. And, and uh, she picked out this little chubby baby that I truly enjoyed. So he is not sick. He made my day. Uh, so the long lines can be helpful. Uh, we just have to go with the, uh, with the right uh, philosophy in mind. So then I went into Haiti after the earthquake, and every time I go on one of these trips, I always ask the Lord what He's trying to teach me. And uh, when I was in Haiti after the earthquake, it was the most devastating thing I'd ever seen. Uh, the lines were horrendous. It was the most uh, severe injuries I'd ever seen. And I've seen a lot of carnage in the ER over 25 years, but it was just unbelievable uh, babies who were amputated from being crushed, whole families lost. It was a very difficult place to be. Uh, what was interesting is I met doctors from all over the world. Many came in for humanitarian reasons. Many came in as Christians to help. And uh, there was massive lines for food. People were starving. It was a desperate time. Uh, and it was interesting, the doctors who came in and flew out very quickly where the doctors who came in said, I can't fix this, it's too much, uh, and they left. And the doctors who were left, uh, the majority were Christian doctors, and they would come to the lines uh, in our clinic, and they would say, did God shake Haiti? And I would tell them, I don't know if God shook Haiti, 
but I'm here in the name of Jesus, and I want to love you and try and take care of you. And they said, the only people that are left are, seem to be the doctors who know Christ. Tell me about your Jesus. So it was a wonderful time to minister to those who were absolutely devastated. Each morning we would come, uh, there would be fathers bringing babies to us who the mothers had been killed with no breast milk and they were dying from dehydration. Uh, we had a nursery of shoeboxes. That was the newborn babies that we worked with. Uh, but at the same time, we showed the, the empowered the fathers to know how to, how to use a bottle to feed for the first time. Uh, we had many who in those food lines were starving with their families, and this was actually our ambulance was a wheelbarrow, and we were getting stab wounds and gunshot wounds every day. Uh, so it was a very difficult time, but what I did learn is that uh, we need to go uh, and for the glory of God. We need to go with a mindset to empower. Uh, when I saw these massive wounds and I saw uh, that I was doing all the work, I decided to get the uh, translators and pastors to clean wounds. And this is the first time it dawned on me that we could teach very quickly how to take care of wounds. So the pastors, after a day, I was in there with a Baptist organization, I said, watch these pastors work. So then I had them lined up cleaning wounds, and it worked out just wonderful. They were cleaning wounds, and I said, you know, what happens when we all leave and the media stops coming, you're going to be left with these wounds that are going to take months to heal because they were crush injuries. And I said, you can do this, and I'm going to show you how. So they were treating these wounds with compassion, with prayer, loving, and gentleness, much more than I had uh, after 25 years in the ER. I'd give them a the big scrub, and they were very gentle, but they were doing the right thing. So then I came home and again uh, worked in the ER, which you can imagine after being in that situation. And one day I'm back in the ER, and people are complaining about waiting an hour for their ankle sprain. I went home to care and my wife again. I said, I got to go back. I can't, I can't deal with these people in America. They're driving me crazy. <laughs> so she said, Really? And I said, Yeah, I'm going to go again. So. I came home for a week, and I was back out again. So after a week, this time God took me to uh, meet Pastor Rowe with Haitian Christian Outreach. And uh, he had a ministry on the top of the mountain. And uh, we went in this Raiders of the Lost Ark truck. Uh, and he said there were over 300 turns every two and a half minutes, and this went on for hours. And he had made that trip hundreds of times to the top of this mountain to build a clinic. So uh, when we finally got there, Here's what we found. We found this beautiful building that he had brought up the side of that mountain. Uh, but what had happened is there was a, a doctor that was there, and after two years had some personal issues and had to leave, and there had not been a doctor in that clinic for a year. Shame on us. We, we had this beautiful building up there. Dr. Rowe put his, or Pastor Rowe put his heart into it, but there was no one to carry on. So again, God was showing me that we need to leave something behind. We need to empower. So what is our approach now? We need to change our focus to teaching and training the nationals, working through the church, empower the community, and who better to share the story of Christ than the pastors give them a medical skill, just like King's Pride said last night. With his dental ministry, that one skill, he was able, able to reach so many more. So after seeing uh, Dr. Charlie's ministry, uh, we began to think about, well, how can I do this in medicine? It's abroad, and my, my partners were saying, oh, it's too much, you can't do that. I'm a big deal. It took me eight years to do what I do. There's no way you can teach a pastor in a week. So I was, get over yourself, I can do this. We can, the Lord can teach these people how to do this, and who better to do it than the pastor? So we go to South Sudan. And our first, uh, on the short one there, South Sudanese are about seven foot tall, all of them. They're uh, very tall and uh, precious, but they have been through 
uh, a tough time from the north. Uh, and, you know, you've heard the stories of the Lost Boys of Sudan. They have just had uh, just an amazing history, and they are full of grace and want to move on. Uh, and great things are happening in this. Life in Abundance went into this area. Uh, Florence uh, had a site visit with some people from southeast. We went in there, and uh, it was uh, given to, to uh, Florence through, through Christ, letter to that place. And uh, I can tell you there's a spiritual awakening in, in South Sudan, which is, uh, so we went in for the first site visit. Uh, we were good to go. So we said, well, let's do uh, some of the training that uh, we, we sat with Life in Abundance and the pastors and said, what are your needs? And they said, well, we have a dental need. We have medical. We have solar power. They gave us five priorities. And I'll show you how each one of those developed. So once the key, once we spoke to the locals to hear what they needed, not what we were going to go in and fix, they gave us their priority list. First was dental. So then obviously the person I talked to is uh, Dr. Charlie, and we got uh, his dental module, and we took it in. And the way we do this is we have class time, which has been proven time and time again. Charlie's dental module is everywhere in the world. Uh, so this is Dr. Mark Scott, who went in with us. Those are the pastors that uh, were in class to learn the dental module. The next thing, we, we go out, we put... Uh, some instruction on the dental chair that Steve Sane has developed with iTech. Um, and this also uh, will work with our OB module. Uh, and I'll show you how that, uh, that can adapt to that. So then we start our clinic. So we have classroom time, we have the dental, and it's been a proven ministry that works. So there we are under a tree in Sudan. Uh, Sudan is uh, interesting in that they say there's a warm climate and there's a cold time. The cold time is in November in the mid-90s. The warm climate's 110 and never is relentless uh, and never lets up. So they'll come to the clinic in November with beanies and, and uh, their coats on, and we're standing around in shorts and shirts trying to survive. So, uh, and, and they stand in suits. So this is the dental clinic. Uh, as you can see, after a couple of days, who's running the clinic? Two of the, two of the boys who walked from uh, North Sudan into Ethiopia a 1,000 miles Never once did they uh, feel a loss for God. I said, did you ever get angry with God? And they said, oh no, I would not have survived this walk of a thousand miles if God was not leading me to the water and to the food. And he was completely uh, full of grace. And who better to witness to his people and to take the, uh, the kindness to extract painful teeth. And um, this is them working in the clinic. They now have a clinic that runs three days a week in South Sudan. Uh, depending on the need, um, and once again, what a powerful ministry. So we set up the dental ministry, and uh, the next uh, thing they wanted, well, they wanted the solar because of uh, the, the uh, war coming with the north and the south. They didn't know how the gasoline supply was going to be, so the next thing they thought was, uh, well, uh, they need a solar project. So I talked to Walt Ratterman's group, and I said, uh, we really need to emphasize teaching. We cannot go and build this, leave it, and come back a year from now, and they haven't got a clue how to use it. So their philosophy was exactly the same, and that's why Walt Ratterman's uh, legacy uh, that God gave him continues on today. So this is the pastors and us raising up the uh, first solar panel. There is Chris, who is our uh, son, Ep, uh, the Joshua of Walt Ratterman, I called him who taught every day under a tree with a cardboard box. You can see the, the class. And uh, after setting up one panel, 
The next thing, guess what? They had to build the second one, and it's all theirs. They knew exactly how to build that, that solar panel. It's still running to this day. They own it. They know how to work with it. And any problems that arose, and oftentimes they would sabotage the, the uh, solar panels and then have them sort out what happened to it, and they would work through it. But they own that solar project. Uh, glory be to God. An eye ministry I've used before is uh, actually Holland Kindle. I like to walk through the Global Mission Conference, walk down through the displays, and see what I can take on a ministry field that I can go and teach with. This happens to be one that Life in Abundance uses, Haitian Christian Outreach. Uh, a few months ago we were there. Uh, we brought in the refractor. We fundraised for it, and uh, that is le- was left there. Within two days, the pastors uh, were running the eye clinic, uh, and they have their own ministry now and continue to have an eye clinic every day uh, at the clinic there in, at Haitian Christian Outreach in Peridot. Interestingly, I had an ophthalmologist work with me on the first time we piloted this, and uh, she said, I really can't leave. I have, I have work to do. I can't go. I said, you really need to go on a home visit. And she said, no, I can't. I've I, I got to stay. I said, really, you got to go. So when she left, she came back all anxious to see how her eye ministry went. And I said, glory be to God, it's going faster without you because they don't need a, they don't need a translator. This is the, our Kenyan brothers and sisters running this eye ministry faster, quicker, and we're, giving, we're getting the glory uh, for providing a miracle of sight. And I can't tell you the stories I've had uh, from the eye ministry, we've, we've given glasses to a, a, a Kenyan man who gave them back the next day saying, I, God has blessed me to see my world. I must share this with someone else. Uh, it's just gracious how uh, loving uh, my brothers and sisters in Kenya are. But to empower is the key. And life in abundance uh, has taught me a lot with Dr. Florence's uh, model. So I go, here we go. We're going to try these medical modules. I know uh, from doing the mass clinic, what, uh, what the, need, the priority needs were, and wound management was, was huge. It was huge in Afghanistan. It was huge in Haiti uh, when I was there. So I thought, well, we'll start with the, with the wound management. So here we are under the tree. Uh, you can see the sweat dripping off me. The, the Sudanese uh, sat there in their suit coats while I was dying on this blackboard under the tree. Uh, interesting about that day was uh, Mom Judy, who's in the room, was working with the, who started a school there of 10 students, and now is 200. Uh, half of which are women, uh, they, uh, she was playing with a big uh, parachute and uh, distracting my class. Uh, so that day at devotionals, I said, well, what was, the, what was the greatest part of your day? And I thought, you know, again, my ego crept in. I thought, well, they're going to tell it was me talking about wounds. And they go, no, it was Mum Judy. She brought us back our childhood for a day that was stolen from us uh, years ago with the war. So Mum Judy gets credit for that, and I was having a hard time competing with her. But uh, these are the modules that we're working on. And I'm going to uh, highlight a couple of them here um, to show you kind of how they work. So we have classroom. And uh, my close friend, Ruth, uh, my first classroom, I was way over the top talking over their heads. And she was giving me the cut sign saying, you're losing them. So we go with short classes. Then we go to the clinic. And short classes to clinic. And that's how we found works the best. So we started with our massive clinics. You can see our shoe uh, slots from Walmart are full of medicines. We nailed that onto a tree, and we started our, our clinic. And uh, the way we do is we, we uh, Life in Abundance uh, identifies some of the pastors and students they want to teach, and then we sit after our classroom time, and we work on uh, basic skills of vital signs, blood pressure, etc. This is uh, this is one of our uh, young men who, are, who actually, his name is John, and he will. they have walked 70 miles to get to this clinic teaching center now, 
and he, it's called Maper, and he will start a satellite clinic uh, that will uh, hopefully be running within the next year in Maper, and, and this will be the teaching center for uh, the ministry there. So we, we spend our time, and you can see uh, I work with the nurses uh, to stand back and let them work, assist in their education, but let them do it. And uh, a cute story, uh, one time I was trying to teach them about the stethoscope and what pneumonia sounded, like they teach us in medical school, if you put the stethoscope in your ear and you crackle your hair and listen, that's what pneumonia sounds like. So the next thing I look, uh, my Sudanese uh, brother who is seven foot tall has his stethoscope in his hand and he's got the stethoscope in the air and he's crackling his hair like this. And I go, what is this, some kind of an elephant thing you got going on here? You have to listen. So I got a big chuckle out of that. So translation can sometimes be an issue, but and it can be long and arduous uh, to teach. But as time went by, we're teaching uh, simple math uh, with our doses of medicines, which are very simple, three-day courses, uh, calculate on milligram per kilogram. Uh, the pastors give uh, IM injections to real sick babies. Last time we were in there a few weeks ago, there was a baby who was uh, dying from a pneumonia uh, less than a month old that uh, we gave injections of rocephin, ceftriaxone, daily for three days. Uh, at the first day, she could hardly breastfeed. Uh, by the second and third day, she was breastfeeding, alert. And uh, glory be to God, we taught the pastors again how to recognize respiratory distress and treat with IM injections. So here is uh, Dr. Keffa, who works in the clinic um, and will, uh, is, has empowered the uh, local Sudanese. And now we'll be moving to another area called Juba. Uh, but this, uh, basically, when we set up our clinic, we never want to compete with the... Uh, with, the, with Kefa, who is just, uh, he inspires me day in, day out. He is uh, in Sudan dealing with all the, the harsh conditions and cares for the people there. Uh, again, the biblical model the King's Pride talks about is uh, the model of discipleship and empowering uh, the locals to, uh, to run this clinic. And uh, those who are with me this last three weeks uh, were able to see what's happened over three years. Uh, with the LIA model, uh, an empowering model that we used, uh, this clinic runs on its own uh, and does a, uh, just a great job. Um, this, uh, this is uh, us showing them uh, some of the basic skills we needed with our vital sign module, uh, keeping records to know where people are coming from, what illnesses they're seeing. And you can see just the interest and never underestimate how brilliant these people are. They just have never had a chance. Uh, but, we, but the key is to keep it simple. Uh, we re- rework these modules constantly trying to uh, simplify and just uh, give basic uh, needs. This is our waterborne illness we were teaching. Uh, we're working on this module in infectious disease. Now, my wife is on the left, and you can see she's holding the poop and the fly. Uh, Chris is also there. A uh, quick story about that. We were in Mathari Valley uh, last year, and it happened to be our anniversary. And in order to work at this uh, this church, uh, there was a lot of sewage that had backed up, so we were asked and with our Kenyan brothers to clear out this sewage. So I looked up and I saw my sweet wife covered in sewage, and uh, she looked at me and she said, Happy anniversary. <laughs> and I said, Only the best for you. We will never forget this. <laughs> Glory be to God. We are, uh, so once again, she's doing sewage. But, uh, so this is, we were teaching hand washing. And uh, this was all news to them, this uh, sterile technique. And this is kind of our props that we use, a big fly and some, uh, some poop. The wound treatment uh, is going fine. Most of these wounds do not need antibiotics. They just need, uh, we talked about mechanical cleaning. We talked about irrigating wounds. 
And most of the time, that's all it takes, and these wounds heal just fine. There's no resistance to anything. So you can see how the pastors sit in their suits, and they clean these wounds uh, after going through our wound module. This is uh, a wound that would have probably got infected. He probably would have lost his eye. Uh, Dr. Keffa uh, showed him after his treatment, and uh, you can see how simple, uh, not complicated things, but simple uh, Wound cleaning and irrigation can have such a difference in their lives. Uh, they won't lose legs from gangrene. Uh, and this can, is uh, used in Haiti, Afghanistan. Uh, when I was in Kabul, they had a situation where they were stepping on landmines and couldn't stop bleeding, so we lost a few young, young men. So we put together an uh, emergency kit that they could use, uh, and we taught them how to use pressure, elevation, and uh, control bleeding. So this, uh, depending on the area of the world, uh, we can use these. Uh, examples of our head and neck module. Uh, I try and keep everything very simple, not big complicated histories, ears. When did it start? Are we dealing with something that's acute or chronic? Is there drainage? And that's it. I don't want to know anything more. Uh, then we start showing pictures. Uh, we show uh, just, This is just examples of normal throat anatomy. We don't go through all the, the complicated anatomy. We just show them what normals look like. Then we show them pictures of bad stuff. And as we work in the clinics, they call me over and they say, well, we've got a bad throat, and we kind of teach as we go. So it's see one, do one, teach one. So then introducing the OB module, this time was, uh, was extra uh, special for us because the women had never come together uh, and had any kind of witnessing together or talked about the way they delivered babies. So our first step, uh, the first day we did this, we did not immediately teach. I wanted to have all the midwives together. So we sat around and we tried through our tra- translators to figure out how they delivered babies and problems they were having. Second, we wanted to hear about their prenatal care. Uh, third, the care of the mother, newborn, the delivery problems they were having, and then complications postpartum. So that was kind of our, our first step we did uh, to get them all together. This is uh, all the midwives in the area. They had delivered babies, some had, uh, up to 20 babies. Uh, and we were working through the translators, and that was uh, Brenda. I felt it was important that... Uh, uh, I sat in on the first meeting just to get an idea of what we were up against, and then after that, uh, uh, we let all the women take care of this because I felt they would be more open and it would be uh, more empowering if it was just women at this uh, at this uh, obstetrics class, which it turned out to be fantastic, the stories later. So this is uh, them uh, talking. This is one of the midwives, uh, just the cutest little thing with her hat on. She was studying the OB module, and she was looking at pictures that we showed uh, eight weeks old, she was fascinated with what babies look like in utero, and we were able to, uh, to show them how the baby develops, and uh, that was part of the module. So then the next thing we said, well, how do you deliver? And we kept trying to get this through, and so a few of our ladies laid down, and we said, well, we deliver on our backs, and they said, well, okay. They tried this, and they were showing us how to do it, but then they came to, no, we deliver sitting up. We deliver in the dirt, and, and they were showing us how they delivered the babies. So the next thing I, I asked them was, well, how about cord care? And, they, and you can see how, with our little uh, baby and pelvis here that we use, uh, I said, well, how do you tie the cord? And you can see the, the twine that they use to tie the cord. She cut the uh, cord with a piece of bark. And uh, so just simple things that we could do was, one, we showed them sterile technique. We actually deli- uh, 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 put together a precip tray with clamps that they could reuse that they were to check out with the clinic when time was coming that they could take with them, and hopefully we're going to develop uh, a rotating precip tray with a little more sterile technique, eliminate cord infections. When we asked about that, they said, yes, they did see those. Uh, so just simple things like that may 
uh, save a few, uh, some, some lives as well, uh, as, well as uh, deal with infection. So uh, once again, we, uh, we were able to expand the OB module. So, so once we started there, then it was time to go back to the clinic and start working. So we did our OB instructions. We had a Doppler there. Letting them hear the baby's heartbeat for the first time was precious. Uh, and you can see the mother laying on the bed here and the, and the uh, healthcare worker listening for fetal heart tones, and we were showing them how to do that. And the care of this little uh, infant here, you can see how uh, loving she is to it and cuddling, and they were, uh, that when they were showing is how they delivered babies. But uh, they enjoyed the teaching and the fellowship, and Karen suggested at the end of this that they really need to develop a, a women's ministry where they could uh, uh, talk about Christ. And, you know, it's not about the modules. It's not about OB or the wounds. It's about sharing Christ with them. Uh, so we thought, what a, what a perfect time for the women to get together and develop a women's ministry. Uh, at the same, uh, we always show the Jesus film, which is uh, pretty impressive. Uh, Jesus film uh, in the middle of the bush, uh, shown off of an iPad onto a huge screen. People, Hundreds of people come out of the bush to watch it. This time we brought Mary Magdalene. It was in God's plan that we were to lift up women this time. So at the end of these Bible studies, we encourage them, or at the end of these modules, to uh, begin a Bible study with Christ's interaction with women and how we empower them and love them. Uh, sometimes culturally that is a problem. So uh, not only did that uh, turn into a ministry forum, we hope that uh, we've made a little headway. But once again, the key to any of this success is to follow up. King's Pride uh, uh, once told me that there are many Muslims who come to Christ uh, but only a small percentage continue their walk. Most of them go back. And, it's, and, uh, and the, the characteristic of those who walked with Christ were those who were being mentored. So uh, we have an obligation once we start these clinics to continue to support them as Life in Abundance does and continue to uh, spread the word. Now, this is the, I say this for last because this was the most important part of our clinics. They saw the medical doctors. They saw the clinics. They went. And, I, and my, my goal is to everyone gets seen medically, gets a cross and a prayer. So they walked over and got their cross, and they stood in line to receive a prayer. They got their prescriptions, they got their cross, but what a, what a message they send that they'll actually stand in line to get a prayer. So the last person there, which is why I say I have my prayer team with me, medical people get boring, and the other half of my team are the warriors that, I, uh, that so inspire me. Chris happened to be one of them. And he was a prayer warrior all day long. Uh, and that was the last station they went to is to get their prayer. So uh, we need to stay focused. This is not about the modules, not about empower, not about life in abundance. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and you can see uh, how they value prayer. And we must serve with humility. We have to be courageous and go. Uh, empower for sustainability. This clinic in Sudan charges a small fee. So although we brought in medicines to initially start it, they now charge a fee. They've got their own supply of medicines and supplies. That's the sustainability piece we need to have. And we break the cycle of dependency. Glory be to God. Amen. Any questions? Yeah, we'd like to leave uh, hard copies with them. Um, the, the question is, how do we, uh, we teach from iPads? Uh, actually, the Jesus Film gave us the idea. Uh, they're starting to convert all of their uh, Jesus Film, Mary Magdalene, onto iPads and take them on their backs. And it's so much cleaner and quicker. And they're embracing the technology. So my vision for this, 
is twofold. One is it all goes to iPads, where they'll, if, if you are going to Afghanistan and you need cold, uh, we have a frostbite, you tap on it, and all of a sudden the module comes up and they can teach it. We'll give you a hard copy with it. The other picture, uh, piece of this that I'm, uh, I'm really uh, praying about is that if you see a dermatology case uh, in South Sudan uh, that you're not aware of, they can take a picture, send it to my iPad here in the United States. I can access infectious disease at UofL, who I've talked to, uh, Dr. Charles Woods. And uh, what, a, what a testimony to Christ if we could start networking and have doctors all over the world helping each other with this. So uh, the goal, the big plan of this is to hopefully put it on an iPad um, and uh, involve many more people in the ministry than just going and reaching one person like King's Pride said we need to continue to expand. So they're on, to answer your question, they're on iPads, they're on uh, flash drives, and uh, we have hard copies to give. Do you ever have any therapists that go along with any of your teams at all? I would love therapists to come. I would love, all, I tell my teams, when I hear this, oh, I just, what am I going to do on your trip? Uh, I, you have to share love of Christ. Physical therapy would be wonderful. The touching, the, the, uh, the compassion that, that uh, we could incorporate with that, Absolutely. Uh, I never turn any... God chooses my teams for me, and that's why I think I've been blessed. I haven't had any problems with any... I hear these nightmares of these leaders who have people who are difficult, but uh, God seems to just choose teams for me, and I tell them that although they think they choose the team, God chose them long before they even knew it, uh, and God will have a, uh, a job for them to do. So, absolutely, uh, that would be a gift I would love to take. And I encourage anyone who would like to go on any trips, uh, contact uh, Southeast, Empower, Life in Abundance, um, and uh, maybe, God willing, we can work together. Are your models available online? Uh, not yet. Uh, again, we're, we're kind of, uh, it's, uh, kind of, it's new, obviously, and we're trying to, to stay focused on simple modules first and expand that. Uh, I thought if you try and go in and teach five or six of these modules, you'll overwhelm everyone, and it's not, uh, it's not really conducive to teaching. So we try and find out from the locals what their major issues are and then develop the modules as we go. So I'm hoping uh, – actually, we had a veterinarian with us on our last trip to Sudan, and she said, oh, my gosh, these cattle are – you know, we can do a lot with this. They were getting one gallon of milk a day. She – uh, thought, well, why don't we develop a module that we can uh, artificially inseminate and get, like in America, I had no idea, we have 30 gallons a day from our, our cattle. She said, I could, I could develop a module that would uh, teach them how to inseminate and they could get at least 20 gallons a day. Glory be to God. What, uh, tremendous. So they're not limited to medical. I'm hoping that these modules, agricultural modules, veterinary modules, whatever their needs are, we can develop them under the model that Empower is used, and, and you heard King's Pride last night, that, how powerful that is. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think this is only the tip of the iceberg, and uh, the modules are in their infancy, and uh, my vision is uh, iPads, uh, God willing, and also network with uh, medical schools all over the United States to help us with these modules and have residents online. What a better way to teach. You know, in, in, in most places, when you say you've got anything African, it's bad. You've got an African dermatology case, woof, it's an African rash. African bugs are bigger. Everything African is good. And, and the infectious disease people in the United States, they want to see all this that they never see. So, so what a great teaching opportunity that would be. Yes? Run me through your daily schedule on a short-term mission. How do you combine teaching with actually doing? 
How yes. many days do you have? Well, we usually, yes, great question. We usually go in for a week. Uh, uh, the question is, how, what does it look like uh, when we go on a, what does a short-term team that I take look like? First of all, lots of preparation. I'm talking with my partners in life in abundance, uh, what their needs are, not what I think they need. So once they lay that out for me, uh, we develop the team, God chooses the team, and then we start uh, preparing for teaching. Uh, we, for the OB, for example, uh, Brenda, I'm not sure if she's here, but uh, we worked for weeks and weeks on the module so we could do the OB. So a lot of preparation going in. Once we land, uh, then we try and have class time in the morning, short periods of time. Then we have uh, clinic, and then usually uh, we have class time in the evenings. Uh, so it's kind of broken up. You can't overwhelm them with too much information, which was the mistake I made when I've, I was used to talking to residents and medical students. And uh, uh, Actually, I run most of my modules by Karen, my wife, because she has no medical background, and if she gets lost, then I know I'm on the wrong page because I've got to teach pastors this. So, uh, so very short class time. Uh, one-on-one clinical is, is huge. With that, you have discipleship. You have relationship building. It's beautiful. And... Uh, uh, we'll have the dental module going. We'll have the medical going if we have the school going. So usually our teams are very busy. Uh, they know they, and the time we had the solar in, we had the medical, we had the dental, we had the solar, all groups. So the, the team uh, is prepared to teach. Life in Abundance does a lot of preparation in advance. They actually pray and they have uh, fasting before we come. They have people lined up for us to teach, translators. So it's critical that you... Partner with someone with the same uh, vision that you have, not to just go and do, uh, but to have a long-term goal and then have that set up so that we can make, uh, uh, you know, make our time valuable there. Home visits. Pardon me? Home visits. Home visits uh, a lot of times will go, uh, which is, which is uh, kind of fun for me at the end of the evenings. Uh, we'll ask the pastors to go on home visits and uh, uh, we'll go and pray with uh, with the people uh, that the pastors elected for us to go to. And I can't tell you how rewarding that is to walk into a... Uh, in Sudan, just a few weeks ago, we would walk into compounds where there'd be three huts together, and they would ask us to pray for them. Uh, and um, once again, uh, the power of prayer and the value that Americans lose. You know, we pray when something bad happens. They give all the glory to God, even when great things happen. Um, and they... Uh, many times it said, Jesus has come to our house because you're there. It's just, uh, so you can see, we are much more blessed. Uh, it's hard work to go and prepare, but uh, I am blessed a hundred times over. Um, and, you know, God, uh, there are so many people, I just appreciate all of you coming today. When you look at the lineup of speakers here, these these warrior missionaries who have so much uh, more to say than I would say, but uh, I'm very humbled that you came here today to, to listen to what I have to say, but uh, I'm blessed by it. And, Again, glory to God. Tom, how, if, if they wanted to get their hands on a module now, though, like if they were preparing for to take a team, is there a way to get a hold of them? Well, here's what I would... Uh, right now, um, I think there needs to be some discipleship with the modules. I think it's important that when we, uh, working with Empower, sends out a module that we... We give you some instruction on how to, you know, I wouldn't want to just throw this at you and tell you to go for it. I think that's not fair to you. So uh, my vision for this is if your church is interested, uh, that we, we contact and uh, either through me or uh, some of the trainers that we'll be developing to come show you how to use them and, and prepare you to take them on the mission field. I don't think it's fair to throw these at you and, and, and be ineffective when 
Uh, we've had we've had some experience with it, and you, you saw Dr. Charlie's All Over the World. It's his model, basically, that we're trying to. So I think that's the way we'll set this up: is that you can you can get that. If they had additional questions, or if we do, how would we get a hold of you? To, could we feel free to email you? Uh, yes, through Empower. You can, uh, and I've got cards here, uh, cards uh, through Empower, through Life in Abundance, through Southeast Christian, and I'll leave some of my cards out here too. But um, if you have ideas, uh, th- there's no patent on these. There's uh, this is God's work. Um, so if you t- let's say you take it to China and you find that we need something else, uh, that'll be great. Bring it back. These are always a work in progress. Uh, that's why the iPad's going to be so critical is that I can change things very quickly. If you get, uh, I would encourage anyone who goes and takes pictures for me and they see something that would. Uh, we're also going to have video, uh, video of a normal delivery, so that they can tap on it and see a delivery, show an episiotomy being done, depending on the level of the healthcare provider. So. This is huge. It's only the tip of the iceberg, and I encourage all of you to join in and uh, and work together on these modules because uh, it's in Christ's name that we do this. That that is the sustainability piece, and in fact, the way it developed in. Uh, Haitian Christian Outreach, as well as in Sudan, they set the fee, and that's all done through the pastors, because who, who better knows the community and the charge. So they set a fee that was too high, or excuse me, it was too low first, not sustainable enough. Then they went too high, and the, and the community said it's too much. Then they got it to where it is now, uh, and now it's uh, through that they're able to keep a supply chain of medicines going, and we uh, work with, through our organizations like Life in Abundance helps us with that. Uh, so that is something that the fee is set by the locals, and uh, that's the sustainability piece we have to have. You cannot do this for free. It won't work. And uh, I was surprised. I was worried about that when they first started charging, but it didn't diminish any of the volume. Uh, they kept coming, and uh, the community knew what, what that fee was. The problem was the hospital was a Muslim-run hospital that they could go for the same price, but they were sent out to try and find their medicines, which were exorbitant. With our fee, it includes the visit plus the, the medicine, which was huge. Uh, they were so adamant about it is that I've had women uh, bleeding in the dirt from hemorrhage, and she refused to go to the hospital and said she would rather die in the dirt at the, at the Christian clinic than go to the Muslim doctor. So uh, powerful uh, witnessing for Christ is available to us uh, through these modules. But you have to work with the sustainability piece, and if they're not going to charge, it will not work. Uh, so, and that's done through the pastors. That is the doctors that we've trained, the pastors. Uh, so there's this, this intensive training. Then by the end of it, for example, in Sudan, I taught them all week how to do wounds. I was getting on the, in the, the truck to go, and they said, we've got this bad, uh, bad motorcycle wreck. He's hurt his leg. And I said, well, have at it. I've taught you how to do this. Uh, they walked over, and they were so gentle. They prayed first. They cleaned this wound, and it was much better than I could have done. Much more compassion. Uh, and uh, an understanding, and they said, we'll see you day after day. And wounds are great because they have to do daily uh, checks on the wounds. That's the way we teach them. Every day they're hearing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, So uh, the the clinics are turned over to those who we teach. Uh, 
That's a great question. Uh, we get pushback in some areas where there's uh, the dentistry has felt some pushback in, in some of the countries we've been in. Uh, where they'll say a dentist or a physician says you're not given the quality. And I say, that is, you're exactly right. You really need to leave your, leave your office, come out in the bush with me and take care of these people. And until you do that, then let us do our work because they're not getting cared for. Your alternative is to do nothing for them. So, yes, we do get pushed back. Sometimes we have to go not through medical societies but through the community of health. Uh, and we rely on our, our uh, company or organizations, Life in Abundance, to help us with that. But yes, that happens. Uh, but shame on them is my answer to that. You know, your, your alternative is to do nothing, and that's unacceptable. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, my Kenyan brothers and I, we sat in the police station uh, with one of our supplies. Uh, that is why... You know, the first clinic should go in, just like when I went to Haiti, we, we, take, we usually took medicines because we know what we need and you can't run the clinic without it. So we try and do that and then show them the medicines they need, work with them. And sh- uh, Our med- medicine list is not huge. It's tip- amoxicillin, Keflex-type uh, drugs uh, because there's no resistance. They respond so quickly to, to that, and ceftriaxone has been a, a miracle for us. But, uh, so the medicine lists are not long, but we take them in initially, and then we tell them, here's what you need. You need to start working on establishing a supply line, and Life in Abundance is tremendous about doing that, and they have got their supply line from Kenya into Sudan. Uh, excuse me, South Sudan. I was corrected multiple times when I was in there, the newest country in the world. Yes. I'm sorry. Through, I'm sorry? To Uganda. To Uganda. Yeah. Uh, no. Another portion is that uh, this year when it was, I think it was around August, there was um, some few nurses who came in Uganda for a mission trip. It's a portion. Um, one of my friends who is had to intervene and not know because they were getting answers, they had they, these people here. They were like, call the embassy, tell them that. Yeah, we, we have had that same problem, Joseph. Uh, we've made that same mistake. We try not to take in any expiry, expired drugs. And sometimes they're close to expiration dates, and by the time we get them in, they've expired. So uh, after a hard lesson learned like you went through, we, tr- we take no expired drugs in uh, because there's, we are so wasteful in the United States, we really feel that that's, you know, some of these drugs you can use uh, for years after their expiration dates. But you're exactly right, and that uh, was an issue we dealt with. And we have uh, really tried to buy most of our drugs in country with life in abundance, and tried not to take any drugs in that are expired and limit that. Uh, excuse me, limit that uh, exposure. But you're exactly right. We had to deal with that. I would love to come. Uh, God, uh, God guides me where I go, and I would uh, be open to going anywhere in the world. Uh, I just have to run it by my boss, Karen. Uh, <laughs> She has to do interventions on me every now and then to say, stay home. But, uh, yeah, there's a quick story in, in, uh, in Sudan. We took Beanie Babies, little toys, in with us in Sudan. And the, the guy, we were going through customs with our medicines. And I thought, oh, it's going to be trouble. And, and uh, so he's got his AK-47. He's standing there. And he's going through my bags and medicines. And so I pulled out a Beanie Baby and I handed it to him. And he looked at it. And it was a little elephant. 
and he put it in his pocket, and he goes, okay, go <laughs> So, you, and, and sometimes it's not bribe money, but bribe Beanie Babies. So I take them everywhere I go. I, I, I don't know. I will be available to answer any questions. I don't know if I'm overrunning the time. Great. Connect. See? There you go. God, God had that ordained. Yes.